This episode is proudly sponsored by ULife. ULife is more than just insurance. They believe in transforming traditional employee benefits into life-enhancing experiences that every employee will value and use. ULife, insurance that inspires life. I remember vividly when I left Varsity, about to stop pursuing my career. I studied industrial psychology. I'd done my honors in human resources management, and I've just been introduced to this topic of wellness and well-being, right? Very eager to go into an organization where I'm able to sort of, you know, be a custodian of well-being and wellness and sort of help employees be their best selves because I sort of understood very early the benefits of, you know, having wellness and being a well you know, well in your employment so that you are able to sort of, you know, produce results and be productive. And I remember knocking this eager, like 19-year-old, knocking in my CEO's door and telling him this great idea that I wanted to implement as one of the HR employees in the organization. And to my surprise, I got the biggest no, (laughs) right? And this was so sad for me because I thought, this is something that's great. I mean, there's money on the line, right? So how can this human being say no to something that is so transformational? I believe that organizations really, really need it. And now, you know, having to sit down a couple of years later, you know, channeling and facilitating a conversation on wellness and the importance of it and how do we then now start introducing this to our organization is is actually quite exciting for me. Welcome to the Enlightened Podcast, career, motherhood, success, and conversations. I am your host, Uluyanda Duma. Through candid discussions, the Enlightened Podcast explores the triumphs, challenges, as well as nuances of navigating the complex world of career and motherhood. We also dive deep into strategies for success. Join me as I shine a light on the intersection of career, motherhood, and success. Prepare to be enlightened. Hi, beloveds. Welcome to another episode of the Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Luyanda Duman. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you already know, this podcast is sponsored by ULife, and ULife is a tech-driven insurance provider that is transforming the traditional insurance into more life-enhancing experiences that every employee will value and use. And let me tell you, these are the type of conversations that I've been longing for as an HR professional and very eager to see, you know, the change come about within the organizations. And today I'm joined by the Managing Director of ULife, Yaku Ostazen, to chat to us briefly on the role of a well-being officer, right? And some of you might be thinking, what is a well-being officer? But we'll take you through everything, its responsibilities, and also the benefits of having such a role in your organizations. Welcome, Yaku. Thanks, Luanda. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So I want to go through a, a bit of your bio, right? So Yaku is an actuary and entrepreneur with a career spanning a remarkable 32 years, right? He's managed successful business conceptualizations and deployments with some of South Africa's largest brands. He is in the role as the co-founder of ULife and the managing director of ULife South Africa. He's also spearheading the transformation of the insurance industry. He is inspired by the highly competitive insurtech, behavioral science, as well as the wellness industry. And additional to that, Yaku is a proud dad 
a passionate cyclist embodying a well-rounded and purposeful approach to both his personal and professional life. And now I guess you can understand why Yaku is also the co-founder and managing director of ULife because he really does embody, um, you know, this holistic and wellness perspective. So thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Really looking forward. Let's start off with you telling us a bit about ULife, its services and how it was established. Yeah, maybe I can just go a little bit my own history. You know? yeah. so I, um, I started a wellness program for a South African insurance company in 2004, and that's how I really got into well-being. And mm. up to then, I really thought well-being is about exercise and being active, and so yeah. on, <laughs> as we all think. You yeah. know? And then I um, started to realize when I, when I actually had to now make other people well and drive well-being that you know, nutrition is really important. Mm. And then started to read about more about, you know, holistic well-being and started to understand how important mental health is. And I never used to have mental health sure. issues in my own life. And then I just realized, okay, and there was a, a stigma attached to mental well-being. Um, and I think, and then you also start to think about spiritual well-being, etc. And then, you know, on a, I was on a personal sort of journey um, in 2014 where something really bad happened to me mm. and moved to the UK and my company gave me the opportunity then to set up a venture capital fund for them in the UK mm. and um, then I traveled the world and I saw about 700 startups globally sure. and pitching for funding and then Ulive and Sammy and Sam and the other co-founders pitched for funding and pitched this amazing Ulive concept whether we really want to transform the insurance industry. You know, you know the insurance industry is very boring. Yeah. You don't wake up in the morning and say, I would love to buy insurance. Yeah, you know? nobody wants to do that. <laughs> and it's normally about negative things. You mm. know, It's about when claims happen or premiums increase, etc. And, and for us, it's really about creating joy in this insurance industry. It's one of the least trusted industries mm. that, you know, around as well. So, and that's really, uh, and then as part of that, we want to make people well. So we want you to be the best you you can be. And that is our mission and our purpose to um, inspire people to live their best lives and mm -hmm. not to sell insurance. And that is, um, so you life, uh, we started in 2017 in the UK, very well established in the UK now mm -hmm. with over a thousand employer groups sure. on, our, on our product and the likes of, you know, very large corporates that are uh, joint forces with us. And then uh, recently we've now expanded into South Africa. So I moved back with COVID. We used to work in London, ah. um, every, you know, going into the office the whole day, every, t every mm. day. And now we are a global organization, um, you know, in, in, I think we're in 15 countries working remotely, um, 260 employees. Sure. And um, busy expanding into the US, Japan, and we launched in South Africa now. Can I be part of it? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I'm very passionate about this topic. <laughs> I'll be a great asset. So what are some of the elements or values that stood out for you um, when you met Sammy and the guys and they pitched this you know, business and you wanted to be a part of it? What is it about you life that made you say, this is what I want to be a part of? And how did you resonate with it? I think it was interesting. About two years before, I, I wrote my own personal life plan. Mm. And in that, my, I wanted to create a global company that makes people well mm. and they can make a difference in millions of people's lives. You know, and now with technology, you can actually achieve that. Yes. You know, we, it used to be, I mean, I was in a state at a time when, you know, you had to have USB downloadable pedometers into people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and now you can track with wearables and so on devices yeah. and the data is just becoming so incredible that you can, um, 
you know, really make a huge difference in people's lives and with, with gamification and technology. So yeah. um, my own personal alignment with the company's mission was just there from day one. And and I think that's what I, and it's also we're extremely values-based company. Mm. You know? So our, our values, for example, is packaged into what we call love being you. And then, and then inside their love is like um, seeking the win-win, act with gratitude, you know. Mm. And our Sammy, C, uh, our, our Sammy, our CEO, also lives that, and we all live that value of well-being and holistic well-being. Mm. So, and it's, with, it's things like, you know, we, we have this value of being vulnerable. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times people think vulnerability is a... Is a Disease. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> the setback. <laughs> <laughs> and actually it's a strength. Right. You know? And if mm. you share and you're vulnerable, you know, people trust you. And we've created this very open environment where people can be trusted and, uh, you know, a joyful experience to work for. Mm. So I, I'm actually quite interested because these are the type of organization that you are describing now that people want to <coughs> see themselves in, right? We are a, career, we're a podcast focused a lot on career and you find that a lot of people are unhappy in their organizations and their organizations <coughs> simply don't believe, um, you know, in this well-being and wellness space. How are you guys now trying to change that narrative, you know, about getting companies to sort of believe or why should businesses actually invest um, in, in well-being? I think, you know, once you actually realize that your people are your most valuable asset, mm. that'll be where your first investment goes. Sure. And, and I think a lot of companies believe wellness is a tick box exercise. Mm. Okay, okay, we have an EAP program. We had a wellness week. You know, wellness day, yeah. And then they outsource that to someone mm. and doesn't become part of the CEO and the C suite's um, um, uh, strategy. Yeah, true. And I think that's the biggest thing that you need to change is that in our organization, and we see a lot in that happening globally now, um, Sammy, our CEO, drives wellness. Mm. He believes in it, he believes in holistic well being, and it needs to be driven top down. You can't just have someone who looks after wellness on the side and it's not part of your, your strategy and your organization. I think that's where the biggest disconnect comes. So I think for us as an organization, we, we ourselves, you know, live and believe in holistic well-being. And we have now created tools that we roll, can roll out to companies that helps them then mm. transform their organization as well. And now with technology and, and you know, um, we, we also looked at the industry and we look at what are people doing on their mobile phones yeah. and a lot of them are playing games. <laughs> so I'm like, for example, play Candy Crush. Yeah. Right? And I'm like on level 1,700. <laughs> the famous <laughs> so Candy Crush. Isn't so it addictive? It is addictive. Right? Yeah, exactly. So we looked at, okay, why is it so addictive? Mm. You know, this game, games of people and how can we use that addictive behavior to get people well? Mm. So we have created what I sort of call the Candy Crush of insurance. Yeah. Where we have created, you know, insurance products, um, an app that engages people and engages employees on wellness. And it's about small steps, you know. Mm. You, I don't know whether you know the book Atomic Habits. Yes, I'm actually yeah. reading it right now, <laughs> Yaku. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's about small habits, you mm. know. And we have like, okay, just a five-minute walk and a five-minute mm. meditation. It's not about running marathons. And, and it's, it's about actually changing in small steps and then, that becomes part of your lifestyle because sure. wellness should be a lifestyle. It's not as something that you know you start in January in the gym and then by February you you stop. It needs to be part of, of who your you, life. Who you are. I absolutely love that. I'm actually am currently reading Atomic Habits and I'm so mind blown because it really teaches us about the fact that. 
don't focus really on the goal, but the habits that will sort of get you there. Yes. And it's not the big thing, like you said, you know, winning the <clears throat> marathon. It's about just, you know, consistently doing something over a long period of time until, it, you know, it reaches that potential <clears throat> threshold, threshold that they speak about. So how would you then define employee wellness or well-being? What does an employee that is well and is thriving look like? How is that described for us? I think, you know, we spend a lot of, t- of our time at work. Yeah, most of and our I, time. And I think for me, it's about happiness mm. and creating happiness and joy in the workplace and then you will have more productive employees you will attract and retain the right talent yeah and people will enjoy coming to the to, to work for you know whether that's remotely or etc and it's about creating that right environment for people and and i think I mean, most people want to belong there's a lot of loneliness in the world mm. and if you can create that culture it, 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 it starts with culture yeah it starts with, you know, is the top management everyone bought into actually making the employees the best versions of themselves? Mm. And what's wellness for you and what's wellness for me could be different. different you know? true. So I'm, I'm a lot more active and, and so on. Sammy does a lot more walking and meditation. Mm. And I've also started to meditate <laughs> now as well. So it's about looking at your employees holistically. And it's also about, you know, we have created in our company these routines. Mm. Um, so every Monday morning, somebody has a kickoff. You know, we start with a gong, and it was quite weird initially. And we start with a gong, and everyone does some breathing, oh. and that's how we start our week. And then, about you know, we we have our management meetings. The first thing we do on a Monday is just everyone to check in where mm. we are and be vulnerable and say, okay, how good are you feeling? How how are things going with you? Mm. Um, and then about recognition. You know, so every Thursday we have an all hands meeting. Mm. We recognize everyone, and it's almost very festive, and um, you know people are joyful and expressive about um, thank thankful and with gratitude yeah. about uh, what everyone else is bringing to the table, mm. and that's it. That creates a sense of community. And if you think about wellness, social well-being is actually the biggest determinant of longevity. Yeah, true. Um, you know, there's been a lot of studies that that has actually confirmed that, and you sometimes. Think you know, and that is because people have purpose and meaning. Mm. And if you create purpose and meaning, you know, people will want to live and create excitement and joy. I, you know, when I when I listen to you describe and take us through all of this, I truly believe that your life is you know an insurance that is all about inspiring life. And because I think your values and you know your culture actually does speak to that. So take me through how do you guys then you know tackle workplace stress. Um, as well as mental health issues among your own employees, since this is a culture that is obviously first lived within the organization before worked um, and assisting other people? I think it all starts, like I said, with our culture and our values, mm. and we, all, we live that, and we really talk about that to the employees the whole time, mm. you know, which has an impact on every person. But we also then, through our app, I mean, all our employees get our app. We give them the free EAP program, free virtual GP service. Mm. A lot of things, we give them free meditation apps, apps. So very a lot of technology that we give them. And a lot of people, so we give them, for example, sleep cycle as well. Because mm. sleep is a big issue. Sure, you know? it's a huge um, one. Have, you know, there's also a book now, Why We Sleep, you know, which just opens up my eyes about how important sleep is. Mm. So I think, and then we also give our employees coaching and free coaching that they can get. So... Um, and every um, every quarter we do like a um, um, 
feedback from the employees about how they feel about the company, mm. what we can do, and then we actively act on those. You yeah. know, it's not like just passively. <laughs> not <okay>. just ask <laughs> and then do nothing with yeah, the information. Uh, so I, I think it's about creating trust and that culture of openness um, and really caring. Mm. Uh, you know, so I think we are a very caring organization. That's a big one, and, yeah. Um, that people can feel that they belong and, 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 and trust. And for example, we have an ex, you know, recently got a very, very generous parental leave mm. policy, for example, Ooh. which is a big thing. <laughs> so up to, <laughs> when kids are up to age five, you know, we, the, both the parents can actually take quite a bit of extra leave, mm. which, which is outside of their normal leave. You know, so it's, it's small things like that. It really makes, and, and then we have a full remote policy, so sure. you don't have to be in the, in office. the office. And I know a lot of companies are forcing people to go to back To be in now. the office, yeah, after and COVID. And it's quite interesting, before COVID, we were all in the office. And now we don't and want now, to go back. <laughs> <laughs> now we don't want to go back. So it's, it's quite a lot of aspects. Um, and despite being this global organization now, we've, we've managed to keep the culture. Mm. So. Now you see why I want to be part of this organization. <laughs> Do you see? I mean, like everything about it is just so perfect. Wants to. <laughs> <laughs> right? Now let's speak about this role of a chief well-being officer. What is that role about? What does it entail? And what should be the objective of actually creating such a role within the organization? Um, it's interesting. I think is our own philosophy is that as, as a company that maybe, you know, the chief well-being officer should actually be the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it shouldn't be a specific role. You okay. know, and I, but I think large organizations have now, and particularly with COVID now, people were struggling to say, okay, how do we, mental health became quite a big issue. Mm. Like um, suicide in, increased in the UK about 20%, you know, sure. during, during COVID. So how do we actually get our employees m mentally well? Mm. So wellness became a, a much bigger thing during COVID. Yeah, true. And the chief well-being officer role became prominent in about 2015 or so. But then with COVID, it got accelerated. Mm -hmm. So there's now large organizations like EY and Aeon and so on globally that have these roles. But it's mainly restricted to these large organizations that mm -hmm. has the capital. And those are normally quite either part of the HR function or okay. reporting directly to the CEO. But really, it's about creating holistic well-being strategies for the company to improve productivity mm. um, and to really care and create that caring organization but in our view i think all organizations should have should have that, have that. Um, and it doesn't have to be a specific role it's about the management taking ownership of the well-being of the staff so it is a role that you believe that organization can sort of upscale certain HR personnel to be able to play that role and become custodians of well-being in an organization? Yes, definitely. It can either be HR or a, or a separate role that, that, that you can create. Yeah. Mm. And I want to find out from you, how have the trends been, you know, looking at the UK where you guys first started to now South Africa in terms of like, um, do you see this emerging more in South Africa? And what trends have you been seeing compared to globally in terms of wellness and, you know, companies actually taking it on and, you know, being a thing that they prioritize? Um, there's an extremely strong movement in the UK around employee wellness. Mm. Everyone is talking about it. Um, and I think the stigma, there was used to be a stigma around mental health and now yeah. it's getting destigmatized <laughs> mm. and people are understanding how important mental health is in the workplace and, you know, in your personal life and so on. And I think companies are starting to realize that, that um, employee wellness has an impact on bottom line. Mm. 
because there are studies now like the, the university of oxford came out with a study now that shows the top 100 companies that invested in well-being over time have a 20 percent higher um increase in the share price mm. because sure. of the higher productivity you know so yeah. now you can start to measure the impact wellness has on the bottom line and i think once companies start to realize that mm. and it doesn't become a tick box exercise South Africa is a little bit behind the curve, but we can also see, you know, people um, are getting there and getting the, the um, definitely amongst HR professionals. Yeah. <laughs> it's now about getting to see if, you know, the person that has to pay and fork out the money to mm. actually believe in that the employees is their most valuable asset. Um, and I think that is the bottom line, really, is mm. that believe your employees are the most valuable asset and then it will improve your bottom line. Mm. And sometimes it's about you know, the immediate shareholder value versus the long-term sustainability of yeah. the company. And I, and I think that is, um, it's slowly getting to realize everywhere globally, and the U.S. is also very well advanced in this. And um, we're seeing it's emerging in South Africa as well. Quite a bit. I love that because, like I shared in the beginning, that when I was in the world of work and, you know, trying to be a custodian of this wellness and well-being, because obviously it's something that I had studied and I believe so much that it does, you know, have good and great benefits um, for the business. So for CEOs that have not really, you know, sort of have that belief or don't believe so much that it affects bottom line, it increases productivity, what would you um, say to those companies like that or even to young people like myself that are saying, hey, I believe so much in this, how can I then introduce that topic to either management or to CEO or in, within my organization to hope that they'll ultimately see value in investing in it? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think people will start to see that they will lose employees. Mm. Because employees will move to the places where they can. To you like. Employees <laughs> will move to you like. Companies now. <laughs> like to you like. You know? um, I mean, I actually visited a company the other day in, in Pretoria. I can't remember, know the, you know, tell the name mm. now. But when you walk in there, it feels like a playground. <laughs> <laughs> they just have every, you know, there's different themes. And yeah. it, it feels like this joyish place, you know, and even downstairs here. When yeah, I walked in right? there, it feels like, a, you know, you can play and so on. And I think uh, for, it's about creating joy, mm. and um, and CEOs and CFOs and you know top management that, that does not understand that will wake up one day and say my people are leaving, mm. and they're unhappy. You know um, our bottom line is reducing. So I think f it's really just a warning that I want to give people yeah. today is that start to invest in your people, mm. um, and and really understand that they are realistic human beings and care for them. Um, I think the days of, um, you know, you, you just remember like seeing your um, people as um, objects almost. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. It is gone. You know, it's, it's about really creating people that, that want to come to work and want to uh, create, align their own mission and purpose with what they're doing at work because that's mm. what they do all day. Sure. I absolutely <clears throat> love that that you then, you know, before you joined the company, you created a vision for yourself of what the type of organization that you wanted to be associated with. And I'm hopeful that, you know, a lot of companies now will begin to take this seriously and start investing in the wellness of the employees because ultimately it does have benefits. Um, and also just creating an environment where people want to be in because they, when they are happier, 
they work better, they thrive, they're, you know, they're more productive, and ultimately that will then increase your bottom line. So any closing remarks as we close up today's episode? Oh, I think, <clears throat> thank you again for having us. This has been us, lovely. Um, and um, I think, it, it, you know, for com- companies should just start to realize how that if they create joy for the employees, mm. they, they improve the bottom line. And, um, and we have done that in new life and really proud that of what we have established. You know, everyone wants to work for us, <laughs> which is great, yeah. you know, and having that culture. And I just feel every morning when I wake up, um, that I'm making a difference. Mm. And if your employees can wake up in the morning and say, I know what I, I would love to, what I'm doing, and I want to make a difference, and I'm part of something that makes a difference in people's lives yeah. and in my own life, um, I just want to encourage employers and employees and companies out there to embrace this. Mm, absolutely. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah, because this has been absolutely amazing. I think it's such an important topic that we need to start having so that in, uh, um, organizations can begin to shift, um, shift their perspective, how they view people, and ultimately, you know, the power and that the people can bring in their organization. This has been the Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Luanda Duma. Thank you so much. Till next time. Beloveds, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope that you have been enlightened. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment, and share with a friend. But before I let you go, remember, enlightenment is not just a change into something better or more, but a simple recognition of who we truly are. Till next time, my name is Uluanda Duma, and this has been the Enlightened Podcast.